Hi, everyone. This is Cassandra. I am so happy to bring you another episode today on the Luminous Star Commentary. All right. So hopefully you are doing pretty well. I know there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that are grabbing or tugging at our attention. Okay. But again, I want to remind you guys, as I like to do, make sure that you remember your life has purpose. So take care of yourself as well as each other. Okay, so today I want to talk about some of the ways that you can go ahead and navigate and build your support base, especially after the aftermath, right? The aftermath or during the aftermath of a narcissist relationship. Okay, so more than likely, you do have creative abilities. A lot of people say, well, I'm not that creative or whatever, right? (laughs) No, I'm pretty certain you have some creative abilities to help you strategize an effective, strong support base, which which is going to be designed to help you overcome narcissistic relationships. Okay, so a lot of narcissistic relationships, they have subtle signs of codependency. This does not mean that you are a codependent person. A lot of narcissistic relationships, though, when you think about what goes on in those relationships, there are subtle signs of codependency. The narcissist, such as the narcissist being overly dependent on the narcissistic relationship with you and other people in order to ward off their shame in order to feel extra important in the world, okay? being In other words, they have delusions of grandeur. They, they usually blow themselves up bigger than they really are, okay? <laughs> but anyway, um, the narcissist may also end up um, just, you know, the way that they, they relate to people is problematic because some people may feel like they're less than, less than in the relationship with the narcissist. Right. So all these things may be going on, but uh, these are subtle signs of codependency being in a relationship with a narcissist. The narcissist really doesn't realize that they are overly dependent. This is part of the reason why it's subtle, because the narcissist doesn't realize that they are overly dependent on the narcissist relationship to ward off shame, to blow themselves up bigger than life. Right. To nurse their uh, overinflated ego. Right. All of these things. But anyway, narcissists tend to lack empathy. Okay, so all of that is tied to that, by the way. They don't seem to care about the effect that they have on other people around him or her. Okay, so uh, try not to continue to belittle what you have experienced. Okay, so once you start to express what you have experienced, this is very powerful. This can be a breakthrough. This can help you to focus on thriving forward, believe it or not. The emotions are your energy in motion. Your emotions are your energy in motion. Your energy body is not supposed to be stagnant. Sometimes when we get those feelings of stagnation, what happens? Our health is automatically compromised because we're stagnant. That is not what's supposed to be the case. Okay. But some people, they get, they become stagnant in a situation with a narcissist, right? Okay. So your energy in motion is when you begin to express what you have experienced. You're expressing emotions. Some people give, for instance, they give anger a bad rap. Anger is an expression of an injustice. Okay, so it is to be used constructively, of course, just like the ego. Anger can be misused and mishandled, just like the ego. It can get us into hot water. It can get us into trouble. Okay, so... um. You know, try not to beat yourself up, though, but try not to belittle yourself for what you have experienced. The narcissistic 
abuse cycle is crazy making. Okay. And I, I was quiet for the effect. <laughs> okay. I want you to really think about that for a second. The narcissistic abuse cycle is designed to make crazy. So to drive a person up the wall. So when you start thinking about what happens in a narcissistic relationship, right? It's crazy making. The narcissist is notorious for their abracadabra tactic, right? Of the crazy making. You're the crazy. They may say something like, you're the crazy one. You don't know what you're talking about. And your feelings and your thoughts are just wrong. You got it all wrong. No, no, no. Narcissists tend to be uh, more reliable. They tend to be more reliable of their, um, or they tend to depend. I'll put it like that. They tend to depend more on their instinct rather than their intuition. Narcissists, believe it or not, can be highly intuitive, but they tend to misuse it just like they misuse their anger and their egos. They tend to misuse the intuition but they're very heavy with the they go all in on the uh instinct that can get them into trouble and it usually does okay so um just remember you know the narcissistic relationship the narcissist or finding um pathological finding signs of pathological narcissism in a relationship tends to be designed to make a person feel crazy as if they're losing their minds, as if they're losing it. They're coming apart at the seams. See, the narcissists like to sit back and watch their victims go through this or watch people go through this. They, they, they get, they get a lot of, you know, they get the source supply from that. It's very awful, but yeah, as twisted as that is, narcissists like to sit back and watch people lose it over them. They like to see traces and signs of that. Okay, so remember, the narcissistic relationship is crazy. You're not crazy. You experienced something that was crazy. That doesn't make you crazy. Some people, they look at themselves through the eyes of the narcissist. So they may mislabel themselves as crazy because they experienced something that was crazy. And at the forefront of it, the narcissist or in the middle of it, the narcissist is the one that created the crazy crazy making they call it crazy making for a reason so uh, I just want to remind everybody of that because some people sadly they look at themselves through the eyes of the narcissist or the several narcissists they may have had in their life since their childhood maybe their parents have NPD okay or narcissistic personality disorder or they may have a cluster B personality type such as they may have been diagnosed uh, by a mental health care practitioner with borderline personality. Some people go undetected as well as undiagnosed, but they show these signs. So, uh, you know, some people may come, they may have come to know that perhaps their parents or one of their parents has a narcissistic personality type, borderline personality, histrionic personality, antisocial personality, Okay, um, all of these things. So it's very important that you have after the experience of a narcissist relationship. I just want you guys to know in order to remember that you're not crazy, right? Not saying that you got to go see a counselor just to prove that you're not crazy. But I want to say that going to a counselor or going to a grieving support uh, group or going to a support group 
means that you know that you weren't the crazy one. Okay. You're not crazy. You experienced something that was crazy. So in order to thrive forward and focus on maintaining your sanity and everything else, right? <laughs> right. You just, you, you go to these uh, support groups or you go to a counselor and it's very important that you go to a counselor or a therapist who has extensive knowledge about narcissism, perhaps even codependency and trauma. Okay, now I am a person that I'm not ashamed to say I've gone to counseling. I've gone to support groups, been very helpful. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you guys or share tools with you that I don't even practice myself and I haven't tested it and tried. You know, what did they say? What is that saying? Uh, The proof is in the pudding. You know, so you're listening to a person who has already tested and tried these things and found it to be very effective. It's a game changer. Okay, so make sure that you, you know, if you're going to these support groups and counselors and therapists and things, you know, make sure that you have somebody who is um, who's like a match for you, you know, and it's like going, you know, it's like going out on a date. Okay, you can look at counseling, looking for a counselor in the same way. It is like going on dates with different people. You find out who's more uh, compatible with you. You find you get to know somebody, you know, same thing with counseling, looking for counseling probably or counselor it should be the same way I think I strike the word should it could be the same way okay so just make sure that this is somebody who uh, resonates with you they may understand your plight they may come to understand it they show signs that they have compassion and they have empathy oh my gosh empathy make sure that the counselor that you're with <laughs> or you're working with has empathy Believe it or not, some counselors do not have empathy or they lack empathy, just like the narcissist. Okay, the narcissist, according to the DSM-5, lacks empathy. Okay, so you don't need to go through that all over again when you're trying to thrive forward, when you're working your support base. So it's imperative that, you know, you make sure that uh, you're working with somebody who can understand, who shows that or demonstrates that they can understand your plight. They, they have some compassion for you. They have empathy and all these things. Not saying that they're going to kiss your ass <laughs> and hold your hand, you know, uh, treat you like a hand. No, 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 not that. But somebody who is helping you to um, navigate your support base, right? Making sure that you have tools that are designed to help you focus on thriving forward past narcissism and past narcissistic abuse and narcissist relationships. So early exposure to high adversity, such as narcissistic codependent relationships with parents and or grandparents, okay, they, they may have a cluster B personality type, can be considered a large part of childhood trauma. And I know what I just said is a mouthful, but the bottom line is this. Children who have experienced, the key word is experience, they have experienced narcissism at a, as, as children. That can be considered an adverse experience. So I want you guys to look up ACE is A-C-E, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. Now, I'm not promoting them. I'm not sponsoring them. I did some research on, on this. Very interesting. Okay, so Adverse Childhood Experiences. Okay, so there is a test that you can take if you want. And it's a resource. Okay, so just look at it as a resource. But the bottom line is this. Uh, it reflects that some adult children or uh, of narcissistic parents 
um, they find out that they their health has been compromised. Okay, so this is sometimes what the test reflects. There's certain health issues that they have experienced due to the aftermath of the adverse childhood experiences, such as narcissistic uh, um, uh, abuse. Okay, so a passion for living your best life can be sparked by releasing these heavy energies from the childhood experiences, adverse childhood experiences, or from having narcissistic uh, relationships, okay, at any age. But uh, I just want you guys to know it is possible to work your support base and navigate it, whereas it benefits you. The narcissist has no business as a part of your support base because they're probably going to uh, dismantle it at every turn. And you may be wondering why you're not getting anywhere. I'm not saying you should blame anyone else for not making any progress, for thriving forward past narcissist relationships. However, the narcissist being a part of your support base is kind of like an oxymoron. It's kind of like defeating the purpose, right? You're trying to get past the narcissist relationship. But when the narcissist is a part of your support base, it's almost like like you're on a boat and you're plugging in uh, a hole at the bottom of the boat, right? In one area, but the narcissist is in another, on another section of the boat and they're drilling a hole. So as you're plugging up the hole, the narcissist is drilling a hole, making sure that the, the situation doesn't get resolved. It's like, a, you know, it's very frustrating, but some people have found this out after the narcissist agreed to go to counseling with him or her right they they act like they're a part of the, the 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 solution but really all along they the narcissist is interested in the control not the connection so they're not going to really have their heart into getting counseling or going to counseling with anyone that they're involved with because narcissists tend to create false images of everyone that they're involved with meaning they see other people as the problem the narcissist tends to see themselves in the false narrative as the victim Okay, they don't tend to send to see that they can be the perpetrator or the instigator of drama, karma, and all types of shenanigans, right? They they don't see that. But uh, when you're building your support base, just you know, just be cognizant of how important it is to take care of yourself and make sure that you're thriving for it, staying focused on doing so. The narcissist is not really going to be on board. They're not going to cheer you on. Uh, more than likely for uh, outgrowing the narcissist relationship or showing showing signs that you're outgrowing it, right? So uh, that's one of my tools, by the way. You know, just accept that you're outgrowing the narcissist relationship. And the way you can do that is to take off the rose-colored glasses. It may be a little bit painful to take off the rose-colored glasses and see the quality of the relationship as it really is. Narcissistic relationships are not designed to help uplift people. Narcissistic relationships, you know, they, they cut deep. So a person tends to have to go deep in order to overcome it or to, to grow past it or to thrive forward from it. So a narcissist tend to not be on board for that. They you know, tend to be against that because they don't get source supply from that. So, uh, you know, when you're focusing on thriving forward, working your support base, just, you know, keep all these things in mind. And this is something that was a little bit difficult for me, especially at first, you know, having the flashbacks, the nightmares of my experiences of these types of relationships. They tend to go nowhere. You know, they they can feel like a a karmic loop, 
They can feel like a twilight zone. They can feel very surreal and you know, the narcissist is pulling the telekinesis. They're altering sense of time and reality. Altering. They they may attempt to alter it. That's the more accurate way to put it. The narcissist can't really, at the end of the day, they really can't destroy your life at all. They need permission. They need cosign people to cosign. They need cooperation. They need the people to be in compliance to their imagine the terms of their imaginary con- contract. People must agree to be in compliance to the unrealistic expectations of a narcissist. They must look at themselves through the eyes of a narcissist. All these things are crazy making. Therefore, the person, if they're looking at themselves through the eyes of the narcissist, they may mislabel themselves as crazy, as I stated before. And I reiterate that because that's a subtlety that a lot of people can easily overlook, especially when they're in the relationship with the narcissist. They may not see any way out. They may they think it's a pipe dream to ever imagine their life, okay, or have a life without the narcissist in it. Okay, some people have already given up, unfortunately, because they have deemed it a pipe dream. They don't think it's possible to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. But I'm here to tell you, you're listening to a person who has done so. So on the Luminous Star channel, I demonstrate to everyone the lifestyle of a person who has overcome, right? Who has thrived forward past narcissistic relationships. Dysfunctional relationship. Okay, some people may choose to call it that. Okay, because a narcissistic relationship is dysfunctional. So that's just a a nicer way to put it. So these dysfunctional relationships are designed to take a lot out of a person, to render them a lack of vision. A person can't see, as I stated before, you know, uh, a pipe dream. They, They deem it a pipe dream. They, they cannot envision a life without a narcissist, unfortunately. But the narcissist may be laughing the whole time. Why? Because they have they are looking at their handiwork, their trickery, their buckery. But, you know, you can come up with the other word, <laughs> okay? Starts with an F. But the buckery of it all. The narcissist tends to be fixed on their buckery. And that's how they demonstrate that. They sit back and they watch people go through fiery hoops, jump through fiery hoops, bend themselves into a pretzel, all in attempts to please the narcissist. The narcissist has no interest in having a positive or healthy relationship with anyone. They have made a secret vow to not love anyone anymore for any reason. They have already detached from their highest self. Okay, a lot of, not all narcissists, Okay, but I'm going to say quite a bit of them show this. They, they're showing these signs here. Okay, so when you're working your support base, make sure that you are celebrating your capacity to love, to care, to nurture, to be friend. Okay, to be open to having friendships or relationships for that matter that are healthy, that it, there, there are win-wins in the scenario. Narcissists, they don't fathom that. They don't seem to fathom that. No, you have to lose and they win. Narcissists like to win at the expense of others. And they don't tend to be cognizant or aware of how this affects other people. Narcissists are about the control. Narcissists are about the control, not the connection. This is why they seem oblivious 
to how they affect others. They don't care. They really don't care. They lack the empathy. So therefore, if they don't have the con- if they don't feel the connection, it's easy to dismiss people. It's easy to go ahead and feel or experience um, or, or to be indifferent to others. Okay, so uh, people can sometimes they can realize they can have that aha moment and then they realize they have a passion for living their best life, regardless of the experiences that they have had from narcissistic abuse. Okay, so the ACE, just before I move on, though, I want to say that the ACE study, I found out that the ACE study has found that those who have adverse childhood experiences are at risk for age-related diseases, okay, heart disease and such things of this sort, okay, so a person's overall well-being, their health is compromised when they are involved in a narcissist relationship, Okay, so that's why I wanted, to, I wanted to bring that home. So a person can find that they have passions. You know, they can have a passion for living regardless of all of this stuff. It just seems like, you know, regardless of all that, it just seems like it's a pipe dream to move forward though. Okay, so building and navigating a strong, effective support base that is designed to help you to grow past the narcissist relationship can seem like a chapter out of a dark night of the soul. I know that was a lot I just said, but again, I had this epiphany years ago. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. Okay. So that's what it felt like for me. So, you know, wise counsel, the key word is wise. Wise counsel becomes very valuable and important. Okay. So that's why I said, when you're looking for a counselor to help you, make sure they know something about, uh, make sure they have an extensive knowledge about narcissism and trauma. And but those two things in particular, I know I mentioned codependency, but everybody that's involved in a narcissist relationship are not codependent. I just really want to make that clear. But there are subtle signs of codependency and narcissist relationships. The narcissist is the one that's actually overly dependent on that relation on the narcissist relationship for a reason other than the so let's just say the other person is also codependent. But the narcissist codependency is going to be the flip side of the other person. Let me explain. The narcissist tends to be overly dependent on the narcissist relationship for different reasons or the opposite reasons or parallel. Okay. There's a parallel or polarity going on there. Different reasons than the person that they're involved with. The other person could be also codependent, but their overall dependence on that narcissist relationship is different from their narcissist. Hope that makes sense. Because it tends to be the opposite sides of the same coin. That's another way to put it. The narcissists, they're overly dependent. I had mentioned this before. They're overly dependent on their narcissist relationships to make sure they ward off their deep, deep shame that tends to stem from childhood. Not all the time, but sometimes it does. But they're warding off. They're using the narcissist relationship to ward off or to fight off a deep, deep shame that they can't seem to shake. Okay, so they're using those relationships as a platform to sometimes reenact unresolved issues from their childhood or from an earlier time. But the other person that they're involved with, right, they, and this is not just romantic situation. I don't want y'all to think I'm just talking about romantic situation. I'm talking about all relationships, friendships, business partnerships, okay, uh, family situation, all of this. 
So the other person who's involved with the narcissist, their over-dependence on the narcissist with the same narcissist relationship can be quite different. It may not be to ward off shame. It may be to um, realize that they carry shame. See how that's different. Narcissists are trying to ward off. They're trying to throw it off on other people. The other person that they're involved with may come to realize, okay, they're they're overly dependent on that narcissist relationship because they're trying to gain the approval of the narcissist or someone else. They may be a people pleaser. They may tend to carry the shame of other people. Okay. So it's not really that they're trying to throw off shame onto other people. It could be because they, they have yet to, to realize that they tend to carry the energy. What is that saying? Uh, absorbing the energy of other people and then ending up experiencing maybe some bad juju. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. You know, sometimes people end up realizing that after their narcissist relationship, they tend to uh, experience um, misfortune more so when the narcissist is around rather than it be the other way around. Some people you meet and you are around and you have a relationship with them and you just feel good just by hearing their voice, just being around them, that you feel good, you feel better. But with the narcissist, it tends to be the opposite because they drain people of their energy. They can't snatch the energy body. This is not invasion of the energy body snatchers. The narcissist cannot snatch the energy body of anyone. They can tap into it and extract from it, which is why people tend to leave to be feeling uh, left feeling drained. Okay. So, uh, I want to get into the tools now, but before I do that, I want you to know why you're working your support base. It is often designed. If you have a good, this is how you can tell you have a good, strong support base. The tools that you are practicing is designed to help you stay focused on thriving forward. It is not having you go back and relive these things and to stay stuck there. The narcissist likes to do that. The narcissist like to get, ever notice when the narcissist tried to hoover people back in, the key word is back. They're trying to get the person to move backwards. But your goal or your objective perhaps is to thrive forward past narcissist relationships. Okay, so narcissists, they tend to want people to move backwards instead of forwards. Because if you're moving backwards, that means you are experiencing a dissension, not an ascension. Okay, so the person who's thriving forward automatically is leveling up. They're moving up. So they're experiencing ascension. Narcissists don't like to see that, especially if they think they can get more supply from you. Especially if they want to see that you, you know, uh, well, I'll just leave that alone. But I think you guys get the picture. The narcissist doesn't tend to cheer people on when they are showing signs of outgrowing the narcissist relationship. The narcissist doesn't like to outgrow that because they tend to be under arrested development. That If anybody's stuck, it's the narcissist. But they try to gaslight others into believing that they're stuck. The narcissist is moving forward. See, they got new supply. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're making money. They're going here. They're going there. They're doing all these things. But no, narcissists tend to be stuck. The people that they have relationships with are often gaslight gaslit pardon me into believing that they're stuck and perhaps on some level they are but they can change that they can thrive forward the support base helps them to focus on thriving forward it gives it provides them the tools designed to help them to focus 
on thriving forward rather than being stuck or moving backwards into a narcissist relationship and being a part of that karmic loop recycle vicious cycle of getting back into the relationship with a narcissist or getting into a relationship with another narcissist or seeming to be a narcissist magnet. See, the, the support base helps a person to make sure that that is not happening because they have uh, tools. Okay, they have retool. Uh, oh gosh, why can I not speak? Oh, trying to tie up my <laughs> my tongue. I'm gonna get this message out to y'all today. <laughs> okay, so basically, the support base is designed, okay, to provide you tools that will help you focus on thriving forward. It will provide you the resources to help you focus on thriving forward rather than to be stuck in a sunken place of a narcissist relationship. Okay, see, I got that out. Whew, okay. <laughs> all right, so now the tools. All right, and all of this is designed to help you to maintain an effective support base. Tool number one, record every incident with the narcissist. This is very powerful. Record everything. Every time you interact with him or her, if they're doing something, blah, 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 you record that. Believe it or not, some people have been able to use their diaries in a court of law in order to help somebody get convicted of a crime. Just keep that in mind. Tool number two, keep various types of journals. What type of journal? A dream journal, a daily journal with affirmations, a vision journal. You can use a collage for this. An incident journal like the first tool, record everything. Every time you deal with the narcissist, they do something, they say something, record it. Build a support base. Of course, that goes without saying. Hold your peace, okay? Hold your peace. Be at peace. When the narcissist is not showing to be at peace they want to make sure that they snatch your sense of peace make sure you hold your peace maintain your peace until next time take care